Hey, what's going on? This is the E-Wang Bang Podcast. This is your host, Emil Wang, and I'm joined once again by my very good friend, the Genio James Liao, for another Warrior Wang Bang Wednesday. How's it going, man? What's good? What's good? Well, uh, Warriors are sitting at 53-18 and 18 right now. Several games behind the Houston Rockets for first place in the Western Conference. So it looks like for the first time in four years that the Warriors are not going to be first place going into the playoffs. How do you feel about that, James? I'm not really overly concerned. I mean, what can you really do at this point? Like, you're not going to try to risk injury just to get the number one seed. You know, Kerr's come out and said that basically if this was the playoffs, most of these guys would be playing. So it's just... You know, people are taking it easy, and, you know, it's, it's what happens when you have a ridiculous three-and-a-half-year run, uh, three straight finals. It's just your body starts breaking down. Like, everyone's just getting hurt, and I think just mentally and physically, they just need a break this late in the season. So this is, you know, like, hopefully ultimately good, so I don't really mind if we end up second. or You know, we're pretty safe from... Uh, the second spot right now so it's not like we're gonna ever gonna fall to third or anything like that so i think nine games ahead of portland with like i think 11 to go so it's yeah most likely not gonna happen yeah and, and what you said about the uh the the deep playoff runs the past couple of years is correct i mean the past three years the warriors have gone to the nba finals which means that they have played uh, up to 20, 24, 25 more games than some of the other teams that didn't make the playoffs. I mean, that's almost a whole, th- an extra third of the season that the Warriors are playing. So the idea that the Warriors need a rest is no joke. I mean, these guys have had to play deep into the summers the past couple of years. And, and that doesn't even include the, uh, the Olympics because Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Durant have all been part of, uh, Team USA. Uh, Team USA basketball. So definitely the mileage is taking a toll on the Warriors. And because we're at this point where the third place teams aren't going to catch up to us, but I, I think it makes sense that they sit tight now and uh, just prioritize health. Uh, the only thing that might be a concern is if the if one of the Eastern Conference teams end up with a better record than us. And in that case, then we would not have home court advantage for the uh, NBA Finals. Yeah, again, again, I'm not overly concerned about that. There's really no team in the East that really scared me. I just, I'm, I'm still a believer in that. Really, everything is going to come through the West here. So um, this isn't like a huge concern for me. Just, I mean, Raptors are good. You know, you know, Boston is really not much of a threat. I don't think, you know, that they're going to do much. They have too much. Too many young guys. Um, and then, you know, Cavs with Kevin Love back, they're a threat. So really only those two teams, and we're already going to be better than Cavs uh, record-wise. So, yeah. So the only one is really the Raptors. And, and even Raptors, we're, we're one game up on them. But it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, the chances of, you know, us meeting them in the finals and needing a game seven, you know, is probably pretty slim. So I, I think if you're the Warriors, you just take a chance on that. And then same thing with the Rockets. I mean, they – they have something to prove this year. You know, these guys are hungry. They're, you know, playing well together. And uh, they're just going to be like the first time we went to the finals, you know, basically just 
And even in that 73 win season where you're just trying to win every game and you're going 100 miles an hour uh, every single game and they're just trying to win every single game. They're going hard every game. And that might take a toll on you uh, eventually. Who knows? But it is one of those things that is going to be interesting to kind of look at because here you have the Rockets who have gone basically balls to the walls for 70 games. It's like, how's that going to translate later on in the season? Right, especially with two players that are notorious for being playoff flameouts in uh, James Harden and Chris Paul. So it, it is something that I'm curious to see. And uh, I had originally planned for this to be uh, one of the last things that we talked about. But let's start with this. I mean, how big of a threat is a healthy Rockets team against a Warrior team that is possibly a little bit beaten up? You know, this is going to be probably uh, one of the hardest series that we're probably going to be in. Um, now, obviously, we're skipping ahead to the you know Western Conference Finals, but I think this is going to be probably up there with the OKC series that we had uh, a few years ago in terms of how difficult this one's going to be. This is going to be, uh, if it's a six-game series, you know, won by Warriors, it's going to be really tight every game. A seven-gamer in Houston would be would be really tough. That would be a toss-up, and I don't think we would have that in the bag. But, you know, ideally what you would do, the uh, the classic underdog scenario, right, where you kind of steal one on the road early in the series and see if you can um, kind of grab the advantage from there uh, and then win in six. The, the old uh, we-believe strategy, basically. So Yeah, which the Warriors are very capable of doing. I mean, Steve Kerr's uh Golden State Warriors playoff record is above 500 on the road. Yeah. So we we definitely have the the ability to take one on the road there. It's more of a concern that can we possibly lose one at home as well. The Warriors have not been good at home this year. And part of it is because we've played down to the level of shittier teams. Part of it is we've been um we've been injured. But, you know, the Warriors haven't proven themselves this year to, to be dominant at home. So it, it is something to look out for. One, one thing I also wanted to go into was the, was the matchups themselves. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, Chris Paul and Harden, they're, they're notorious playoff flameouts. But when they're on, you know, they're the kind of guards that give Warrior, the Warriors trouble. I mean, the Warriors have not been able to show that they can stop an elite point guard. Or, or an elite scoring guard. You know, Clay Thompson can use his length to, to bother your, you know, your wing scorers, your Paul Georges and stuff, but your, your fast guards, your Damian Lillard, your CJ McCollum's, I mean, guys like that give the Warriors fits. And in a, ser- in a seven game series, I can see Chris Paul and James Harden averaging 55 easily. Yeah, I mean, that's, well, that's their whole team, basically. I mean, that's how they play. It's just basically those two guys ISOing and then making plays. Both of them are going to get a ton of points and assists because that's just how the entire system is structured. Uh, but basically, yeah, I mean, they, they don't, this is the biggest problem. It's very similar to that OKC team from two years ago in terms of the same problems that they cause us matchup wise, right? So, they have a lot of length on the perimeters. They have lots of lots of guys that can switch on us. Uh, you know, PJ Tucker, Trevor Ariza, uh, Eric Gordon can guard. You know, both guard positions and uh, the three. Yeah, Bamute. Uh, and, yeah, Bamute is a good switch defender. Um, and so they're they're just very long and very versatile on defense. And Capella, 
uh, is a great rim runner that hurts us all the time on the offensive glass, both ends. Uh, so, I mean, it's just, it's, it's the same recipe that gave us problems against OKC. So, uh, I just think it's gonna come out, uh, very similar in that sense, where this is, this seems to be the kind of recipe you need to have to beat us. Like, this kind of team makeup. So, you know, credit Daryl Morey and, and, uh, Mike D to, uh, come up with this roster and kind of put it all together because they, just looking at it, like, even, even though we lost to the Cavs two years ago, I never thought that they were a better team than us or that they were evenly matched. I just thought we kind of goofed and threw that one away. Like, the only one that I was legitly – like, I would have been okay losing to OKC that year because I was just like, dude, this team is just like – they just gave us so many problems. And I think this is going to be the same case with Houston this year. It's just just so many – problematic matchups yeah and you know just the eye test the moment that our guards are beaten off the dribble it opens up the three-pointer in the corners and that's just what the rockets feast on the you know the these open three-pointers are what kill us uh open three-pointers and offensive rebounds and i think that's exactly what actually made us lose to the Cavs in the 2016 finals um you know that the Cavs were able to rain rain in threes, and Tristan Thompson was able to punish us on the boards. I mean, Houston is built to do exactly that to us consistently, and yeah. the the Warriors roster. I mean, we 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 don't have much of a response for locking down Harden and Chris Paul, and we also don't have we still don't have a response for keeping a guy like Capella off the glass. So. On a scale of one to ten, ten being I am the most worried, I I I'm actually at an eight. I, I from what I've seen from the Warriors this year, if we end up playing the Rockets in a seven game series in the Western Conference Finals, I see us losing to them actually in seven. That being said, I do not think the Rockets are going to make the Western Conference Finals. And that is my Ford Bold prediction yes. of the episode. Your Ford Bold. Is this, is, this podcast is not sponsored by Ford, FYI. Oh, so right, right. we got to make sure that people are aware of that. This is not, not free plugs or anything. Or like the that. Chevy drive of the game or whatever. Yeah, not no Chevy either. This is yeah. – All right. Well, that that's my Vegas prediction for you. Well, I mean that's a good segue into kind of what the other remaining playoff teams are in the West, right? So – Right as of right now, we have Portland in third. I mean, basically nobody's safe from the positioning right now. It's just it can flip almost every day. Uh, but right now, it seems like Portland is you know he's, they got a two game lead on OKC, and then you have the Pelicans, Spurs, Wolves, and Jazz all kind of mixed together within like a game and a half of each other. So, what do you think? From a Warriors perspective, do we not want to face in the in the first round? Because I think it's probably going to be either one of the Pelicans, Spurs, Wolves, or Jazz. I think it's one of those. Yeah, definitely. I I, I think uh, Jazz are just too young. I mean, they they're going to give us fits. They're going to bruise us, but we beat them in five. Spurs. Nobody wants to play the Spurs, especially if Kawhi comes back, which it, it doesn't seem like he will. But uh, if he did, you know, it's it's very likely that. Uh, he would give either the Warriors or the Rockets fits, uh, and it would easily be a six, seven game series there. Nola, I'm not worried about. Uh, let Anthony Davis get his 40, 45 points. I mean, who else on that team is going to score, right? Drew Holiday, Miritich. Yeah, they really uh, have Drew Holiday, and that's it. 
been pretty much it. I mean, he's playing really well. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, they're probably the team that I'm least concerned about. Like, Pelicans, like, I, I think we can probably either sweep or five-game them, like, pretty easily. It's just the strategy is just going to be basically just let Anthony Davis gas out and just try to beat us. Like, you know, that that's going to be a strategy. I'm a little – um. so here's the thing with Wolves and Spurs. They they both have two star players missing, like, two, like, top 15 guys missing. Like, this is yeah. – so Kawhi and Butler. are really a lot worse than they should be. So – the concern is, what if Jimmy comes back? If they stay in seventh and Jimmy comes back, like that could make the series pretty interesting. Like just a two-way player like Jimmy Butler, you know, able to guard KD and also score on the other end. Like this is the the biggest concern I have with with uh, both the Spurs and the Wolves is that man, if, if these guys get healthy, like that's a risky, risky first-round play, you know, because. Pelicans, like I said, is pretty safe. And then Jazz, I mean, I like the Jazz a lot, and uh, but I just don't think they're going to score enough points to beat us. Their defense is really good, but I just don't see them having enough firepower and enough. Yeah, and they rely on a rookie to, to get them scoring in Donovan yeah. Mitchell. Who, and you know, should... this part too, right? Your star player right now is a rookie, and you're also dependent on Ricky Rubio shooting. Um, yeah. You're, you know, a couple other just like wild factors that it's just like it's hard, but that's probably going to be a five game series also, you know, where Mitchell goes off for one game and steals one for him. I can't see any other scenario of that happening. And then, you know, Nuggets and Clippers are close, but I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't think they're making it in. Unless they they're... rip off long, long winning streaks. I just yeah. I, it's hard to see either of them making it. Yeah, so. yeah. which I'm glad about. I, I think the. Yeah, the, the Nuggets would have given us problems just on physicality and location alone. Uh, I want to I want to talk a little bit about the Wolves. I, I think what one person you didn't mention is Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, yeah. that guy destroys us every time. I think, and he's he's a guaranteed twenty, twenty five, and ten. But it's that's because... okay. But that's okay in the playoffs because that's going to be the same as uh, same thing as playing the Pelicans. Right. You know, you have these like two huge like star big men. It, it's okay because they don't have much else. But, like, you know, I'll let Jeff Teague and Andrew Wiggins yeah. beat us. Like, yeah. that's fine. But yeah. the problem is what happens when Jimmy Butler comes back? <laughs> because it's yeah. like yeah. Butler's... they were really good. They were the third seed with Jimmy Butler. Like, yeah. so it's yeah. that can't really be discounted. Like, it's just he's been hurt for, you know, a period of time now. So I just don't know if that's going to change stuff. Because if it's just Cap by himself, I'm not really that scared. Right. Like, he's going to shit on us, but – you know, yeah, it'll be the same thing I, as having. I'll, make, I'll just make Andrew Wiggins jack a bunch of threes, and it's like we'll win. You know, right. so right, yeah, I, I would say favorable matchups: uh, Nola and Jazz, and and honestly Spurs because Kawhi Kawhi is not coming back. Doesn't look like he's coming back. Yeah, yeah, I think the Wolves are the guys that uh, you and I can agree that the Wolves are the one team that. Uh, we, we would want to avoid. Um, and, and unfortunately, that's something that's really out of our hands now. We we can't play to, to improve our seed, and we can't really lose to to drop our seed. So uh, it, it is what it is. And, you know, on the topic of that, we're stuck here because of injuries. I mean, we have hit a, hit a slew of really unfortunate injuries to all four of our all-stars. I mean, granted, they all could potentially be relatively minor injuries, and we're just erring on the side of caution. But uh, let's go through the injuries to the all-stars, uh, starting with Steph Curry. Numerous ankle injuries in the past 
couple months. He's coming off of his fourth ankle injury, slated to come back this Friday against the Hawks, which is a good sign. But, hey, I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of worried he's going to have to do too much without the other three out there. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's if you this is like the ideal game for Steph to come back though, because it's against the Hawks, so they're not, not trying to win games, because they're they're just trying to lose. So you can you can easily put Steph on like a minutes restriction or um, just have him just kind of test out the ankle because it's like, and the Hawks are not even gonna try to win this game. Like they can't, it's bad for them. They're they're just gonna find some way to freaking lose. Like. You know, like they just, did last time we played them, when uh, Bazemore <laughs> just handed Iguodala the ball and Iguodala <laughs> dribbled it back and dunked it. He's just like, let me just dribble here, and Iggy's just like, what the hell are you doing, dude? I'm just gonna <laughs> steal it and dunk it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, it's it's it. They're they're gonna try to win, lose it. So it's I'm not really that concerned. So I'm glad in the sense that that that's the game that Steph's gonna come back. Um, Clay, I think it's reevaluated tomorrow. Uh, so unlikely he'll be back. Friday. Um, so I think uh, the return for him is probably probably next week, depending on how it goes tomorrow. So Yeah. And reminder to the listeners, uh, Clay Thompson has a fractured shooting hand. Yeah. It's kind of a weird play. He was like going in for a strip. Yeah. Uh, somebody driving by and it just knocked into his hand and it just kind of like fractured. Yeah. Ho- hopefully won't uh, won't affect him too much when he comes back. Um Draymond Green played a couple of minutes against the Spurs the other day, ended up taking uh, taking an injury to his pelvis or his hip? Pelvic contusion, yeah. So he's listed day-to-day right now, but uh, he did not practice today. Yeah, and, and, and Draymond's been battling injuries all year. I mean, you can't overlook that shoulder. You, you know, Even just the eye test, you can see he's not challenging shots as much. He just doesn't have that mobility anymore. He doesn't block shots as much as I, I as I remember him used to doing, and, and I don't know if that has to do with KD being uh, you know more of a rim protecting presence. But uh, even when guys take the ball against him, you don't see him swat away shots as much as he, or or even you know change the shots as to. So yeah, he's I, actually averaging the exact same amount of blocks. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> I think it's just I think there's also scenarios where it's probably you're remembering more impactful plays that yeah. he's made. Yeah. Where he's made a block or a steal or something like that. Like he's, his steals are down. His steals were, he, he averaged two steals a game last year. Like he was ridiculous. 1.5, 1.4 blocks and two steals. Like he was ridiculous last year. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's just one of those, I think it's just cause we remember him making so many, critical defensive plays like down the stretch of a lot of games. So you kind of remember that, but he's been still blocking in terms of blocks. That is now I, I'm not looking at it over other like advanced defensive metrics, but all right. Uh, and last but not least, and probably the most important one, uh, Kevin Durant with a fractured, partially fractured rib cartilage. Yeah, and I mean, th- this is the interesting one because it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, you know, we, we first thought it was an injury that was kind of a like, oh, okay, they just want an excuse to rest him. But I remember, James, you showed me a, a statement from, I think, the Warriors' former physical therapist saying that it is something that can keep you out from anywhere between 4 to 12 weeks. Yeah, so, I mean, he it was just a, he, he was a guy that used to be, like, one of the physical therapists for, for the Warriors, and he was on one of the local Bay Area radio shows talking about it. But, um Obviously, a very wide range there, and 
you know, I think it's just because if you're not sure about how the severity, what the severity is, that's the range that you would give, right? So realistically, um, if it's not super severe, then, you know, it's probably, you know, fully healthy four to six weeks. But, um, you know, I think KD was, uh, had saying that he was at practice earlier, uh, today. Uh, but I don't think he actually, uh, I don't know if he actually did anything. So these guys are kind of around, uh, oh no, he did a pra- resume practice today. So, oh wow. Right now. So yeah, Katie is already, um, resume practice. <laughs> he's, he's already saying that he said his ribs hurt when he laughs. <laughs> so. <laughs> Okay. Well, so maybe it's not that big of a deal as we thought it was. I, I remember. Well, they're uh, officially ruled him out for um, two weeks. So, um, and that was he got he got hurt last week, I believe. So, yeah, they ruled him out for two weeks uh, specifically. So he's probably done until uh, April. Yeah, it, it's just such a crapshoot right now. But we can only hope that uh, all four of these all stars and also Omri Caspi with the ankle injury will all be back for the playoffs. Yeah, for now, without anything definitive, I, I don't think there's much value in us speculating how the Warriors will play without their All Stars. If uh, if in one week we're just going to find out that they're all going to be healthy, so yeah, exactly. Uh, stay stay tuned. I think as as more news comes out, uh, you know, if there's anything completely game changing, roster changing, uh, James and I will definitely cover it. Um, but on the topic of injuries, I mean, there there has been one. There has been one diamond in the rough in all this, and that's Quinn Cook, our uh, one of our two-way players, the point guard out of Duke who went undrafted several years back, has had a couple of 10-day contracts here and there, uh, but seems to have found uh, finally found his comfort zone on the Warriors. Uh, been dropping a lot of points past couple games, uh, 20, uh, 23, 28, and 20 in his past three games, and really has been the general uh, for our offensive schemes. And, and I thought this was really funny the other day when uh, when the Warriors were playing the Spurs on national television and Jeff Van Gundy actually said, um, uh, said had a comment where he's like, I'd be curious to see when Steve Kerr will bring back Quinn Cook into the game because he's the only person that can run this offense right now. Which I thought was... In in one sense, bizarre because you know a week ago Quinn Cook hadn't even scored, I, I think eight points in a game or something like that. Uh, but on the flip side, man, he has balled out in the absence of our all stars. What do you think? Yeah, I mean for sure. And that's the other thing with uh, with guys like uh, Quinn Cook. Like I think when you give him the opportunity, he can come in and and make a contribution right away. But the that's the biggest problem with these G leaguers and all these other guys in general is, is, you know, how do you sustain that? And do you let a bad game affect your confidence? Cause right now his confidence is high, but what if he comes out and, you know, has a bad game? Does that, how is that going to translate for, for the rest of the year? You know, cause we saw that's what happened with a guy like Pat, you know, last year, his confidence was sky high playing really well, started the year really slow this year. And then he just, you know, could barely recover mentally, you know. The Andres Biedrin syndrome. (laughs) How dare you slander Latvian great. The Latvian lefty. The Latvian lefty Andres Biedrin. I will not stand for this. (laughs) Hey, I still have his uh, jersey shirt. 
No, I never. Jersey, you couldn't even get a real jersey. You got a jersey shirt of yeah. Just be a drink. Oh, come on, dude. Yeah, dude. That, I uh, I think I got it for like ten bucks or something. All right, the same price as our Al Harrington jersey. Yeah, I know you got that mixed up with the Al Harrington jersey. So that's not... <laughs> But, you know, on the topic of confidence, you know, it is a two-way street, right? I mean, Quinn Cook could have one bad game. Uh, it could affect his confidence. It could not. But on the yeah, exactly. on the flip side, you know, Steve Kerr has to keep his confidence in the dude because, hey, when Steph Curry, when Clay Thompson, when uh, Kevin Durant all come back, I mean, when you don't need that much more scoring, do you keep Quinn Cook, a guy like Quinn Cook, on a short lease and rely on your three uh, three scorers to to handle load, or do you give Quinn Cook that chance and let your stars have a little bit of a break? Yeah, because... I mean, I think that's going to be dependent on the situation, right? Because right now we don't really have uh, options, so Quinn's just going to get all the minutes. But obviously, when Steph comes back, I mean, ideally, I would want him on some sort of restriction uh, minutes-wise just to get them back into shape, you know. Um, Atlanta's a good one. I mean, there's a couple of games down. Um, you know, there's de- the, we have a four-game homestand, so, I mean, there's a decent amount of uh, halfway decent competition coming in So um, before we head out to Sacramento and Phoenix. So we have Utah after Atlanta, Indiana, and Milwaukee all coming into town. So um, those are all games where, you can try to play Quinn some minutes uh, against some better competition and see how he how he fares. Uh, but I mean, ideally, just really working step back into game mode, basically. So, uh, but yeah, I would give Quinn the minutes right now because I mean, it's like, well, who are you going to go to? You know, it's like let's just give him the minutes, and you know, he's on a two way contract, and you know, the season's almost over, so why not? Yeah. And I like, I actually think that Kerr should give him minutes regardless of who comes back or how healthy, how healthy they are because that bench unit has just been so inconsistent and they don't have any playmakers. I mean, Nick Young was supposed to be that guy. Uh, Omri Caspi was supposed to be. Nick Young was never supposed to be a playmaker, just a scorer. Uh, a scorer, yeah. Uh, or, you know, uh, somebody off the bench to give you that scoring punch, but. I mean, Nick Young was supposed to be that guy. Omri Caspi was supposed to be that guy. Both of them have disappointed. So when you think about that backup unit or that that bench unit, you know, where it's Iggy, Clay, Draymond, David Sean. West, uh, you know, I, you could have Nick Young in there. Or I'm sorry, Sean. Yeah, Sean Livingston. You know, guys like that. I mean, I, I think Quinn Cook fits in really well because he he can create. He shoots really well, and, and he can actually pull up off the dribble. Very, very well, which, you know, I, I don't think Clay has is, is that comfortable doing it yet. Uh, Nick Young's inconsistent. Livingston can do it, but his range is very, very limited. I mean, Quit Cook is, I think, the only guy off the bench that can really pull up off the off the dribble and nail a three uh, semi-consistently. I mean, we, we've seen Nick Young do it before, but that's just, you know. That's just one in every, like, five games or so. Well, final thought on Quinn Cook. If we want him on our playoff roster, we actually have to waive somebody. Is that correct? Yeah, because, I mean, we don't have enough. Two-way guys can't make it onto the full roster because it's 15 players for the uh, postseason. So Yeah. So I think in my mind, Damian Jones would be the guy that uh, we'd be waving unless, unless Omri Caspi is not coming back from that ankle injury. Yeah, I mean, this is so deep in the – 
on the bench that I just I don't think I care enough. <laughs> um, well, th- well, I mean, only because you know the playoff roster and the playoff rotation is basically nine players. Like, you're just not going to play anybody else. Like, you play the starters, you play Sean, you play Iggy, um, and then you know you play David West, and then you know those are your kind of eight core guys, and then the other one is really just like whoever has it out of the rest of the guys, like a Nick Young, Kevon, like, you know, JaVale based on the matchup, like, you know, so it's just like, who, what's the matchup call for him? Who's playing well that day? Right. You know? Right. So but like, we don't have to worry too much about digging deep and uh, yeah, it's like worrying about rest. Roster, I mean, you're not going to go down to Quinn Cook. So yeah. I couldn't care less if he was uh, on the team or not for the playoffs, to be honest. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's just like, we're not going to play him. Yeah. Like it's just insurance for, uh, it's, Somebody gets hurt, but yeah, which I mean, is stays it, healthy, he's not going to see a minute unless it's garbage time. So, well, hey, I mean, KD got hurt last uh, last playoffs, and Steph was hurt the playoffs before. So, a uh, little bit of insurance isn't a bad thing. Uh, I, I would say, you know, having Quinn Cook on the roster is a heck of a lot more valuable than Damian Jones, who's played. I think. Oh, yeah, Damian Jones is. I'm, yeah, he's yeah. had like five NBA minutes this whole season. Yeah, so I mean, I I'm, I'm okay with that, but I mean, my point is, is you know, I'm not losing sleep about who we're cutting to make room for Quinn Cook. Like, you know, it's just it is what it is. We can cut, you know, whatever, whichever dude. I don't really care. So. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Well, I think that takes us to the end of this episode. With a handful of games left, I think uh, look out for a regular season recap and a playoff preview episode from me and James down the line. James, it's been fun. Always a pleasure. Go Warriors. Go Warriors. You take care. Uh, it's a great time.